The Start On Demand. On demand. Hey, hey, it's G-Mac, one of your friendly voices in the morning on 680 CJOB, The Start, uh, the friendliest voice. Brett McGarry is away again, so thanks for sticking it out with Loren and I. Hope you've had a good start to your week. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers doing their very best to ruin the beginning of our week, of course, with their loss against the Calgary Stampeders in the West Final. No shortage of Blue Bomber conversation on this edition of The Start On Demand. We'll hear from the voice of the Blue Bombers, Bob Irving, and interview and conversation clips from Doug Brown, Andrew Harris, Matt Nichols, and of course the coach, Mike O'Shea. The Blue Bombers, exercise in futility, continues 28 years without a Grey Cup. One of the very best teams they've had in some time, just not good enough for the Calgary Stampeders who go on to the Grey Cup for the third consecutive year. They will face the Ottawa Red Blacks in Edmonton this coming Sunday. This past weekend, some alarming events in the South Interlake, Selkirk experiencing their second homicide in eight days. The mayor of Selkirk joined us to talk about the situation in that city, what they're doing to combat crime, and is there in fact an increase in crime in that community north of Winnipeg and Gimli reeling from a homicide in Fraserwood, a shooting gun-related incident that has people concerned, but the RCMP did something fairly unprecedented when they released to the media the situation and the announcement of this incident, they let people know quite quickly that there was no gang involvement, it was not a gang issue, nor was it a domestic dispute. Paul Manegg from RCMP joined us this morning. RCMP gave us all the latest details, including the revelation that this was not an accidental shooting, in their opinion. And what would you do? If you bought your child an expensive winter jacket and you got a note, an email or a phone call from that school saying, um, we're not allowing those expensive garments at school anymore. One community in Northern England banning something made right here in Winnipeg. We'll tell you what that is. All that and much more on this edition of the Start On Demand. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for sharing the Start On Demand. Let's get down to it. Here's the final snap. The game is over. And the Calgary Stampeders are once again CFL West Division champions. That's Bob Irving, and that's how it ended. Last night at McMahon Stadium, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers falling to Calgary Stampeders on their way to their third consecutive Grey Cup. 22-14 stamps over the Blue Bombers and uh, Loren McNabb. I know you felt as though that the Blue Bombers really had a yeah. good chance to win this game going into things And yesterday. I'm a big believer of, like, you know, really, especially as a message to the kids, like, it's not over yet, right? Like, you know, right to the finishing moments, even though you could feel that, the, like, there was zero spark, momentum completely gone. But I was quickly doing the math in my head and explaining to the kids all the way, hang on, like, if they if they get a touchdown and do a two-point carvert or they get a field goal here. and then Which they did. Which, and then so you're like, okay, okay, like, it's not over. It's two yeah, minutes 30, is a lot of time. Man, and then one 30, minute. 38 seconds right. or so when they did the short kickoff. And so. then I was like, you get an interception, then you get the ball back, and I'm explaining all these things. And because, you know, you want to keep your heart in the game. But, boy, I, it, by the end, my heart wasn't in it. And you could see their heart, it felt like. I don't know. It was it was odd. 
One of our listeners is watching the game right now. Yes. I think he's toying with us a little bit. He says, uh, hey, guys, I'm watching the game right now. They win, right? <laughs> and then a few moments ago, it's uh, Bomber 6 stamps. Zero yeah. right now, and we kind of said, "Well, just press pause." And Scott, stop watching and <laughs> pretend like that's the end. Save your save yourself some time. Hey, first word on this goes to head coach Mike O'Shea. He sums things up this way: Well, it's obviously a loss. I thought we we battled pretty hard and played a very good football team. Um, you know, quite tightly. You know, especially that second half. I thought the the defense came alive and was really stingy. I thought uh, Brandon Alexander came out in that third quarter, caused that fumble, and it really sparked the team. Um, just, just didn't, uh, just didn't get it done in the end. But it's all 44, and it's all phases, right? We, we got opportunities to make plays in every phase, and didn't quite work out. We didn't make enough, and they made uh, just enough. So. Andrew Harris was, of course, the league's top running back in 2018. Anything the Blue Bombers did successfully this season on offense went through him one way or another, either as him directly carrying or catching the ball or using him as a decoy or distraction. Here's an overview of how the the game went from 33 and his thoughts on whether or not that play would have gone all the way if and only if it had been completed. Their defense was... um was was great on on second and long and when we put ourselves in the situations when we weren't productive on first and second and ten they were lights out so um you know our production was good at times on uh, first down but at times it wasn't and uh it's a tough team to convert those second long situations against well you said that too uh, this week you said you have to be have get positive yards on first down eh? yeah i mean and it, it held true i mean again uh, tons of respect to um to to calgary's defense I felt like our defense uh, tightened up and, and, and played well in the second half. And, you know, they get us the ball back on, you know, on their side of the field. And, you know, we're not able to, to get six, seven points out of that. So, I mean, we just uh, we fell short and uh, missed opportunities today. I mean, uh, one where I'm, you know, running down the middle of the field and it's just a bit of an overthrown. I mean, it's just little little things like that today where just uh, they, they, when they compile and compound, um, you know, it's tough to win win games against good football teams. Here comes Chris Streveler. Doug, and I was wondering as this game went along, we haven't seen him at all in some of those plays that they have for him, the packages they have, but we're going to see him now. First and 10 at the 39. And almost always, he'll take off and run with it. Takes a handoff, and he's going to throw over the top. Oh, he had Harris wide open, and he overthrew him at the 35-yard line. Andrew Harris came out of the backfield, had three steps on the defenders, and Strevler overthrew him. Yeah, they had a six-man pressure, and so maybe Strevler got rid of that ball a little prematurely, and he just missed Andrew Harris for what would have been a sure touchdown, a go-ahead strike. Wow, talk about your, plays your missed that, opportunities, plays yeah. that get away from you, right? Plays that Look make at this. the difference. Wow. Yeah, that was going to be a touchdown, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew Harris, Doug Brown, Bob Irving, conversation following last night's game. Yeah, hearing even Bob go, oh, as you as you consider all that could have been with a few few different uh, feet. Would it have been a matter of a couple of feet there? Maybe five or yeah. six feet, a couple of yards. Chris Strevler going in cold. It was his only pass attempt of the game. And 
he's done a very good job throughout the year of taking advantage of the opportunities that he's been given in terms of whether it's a short yardage run or a trick play, or in that case, a misdirection play when everyone is anticipating that Harris is going to get the ball on the handoff mm-hmm. and then he sneaks out of the out of the backfield like that and wide that's what he's open. So good at too, right? Like oh, creating boy. those moments where you just can't believe he did it and he did it. And then you hear Harris say, yeah, no, like in, even he knew, get that ball in his hands. Darvin Adams was wide open in the end zone earlier in the game and uh, Nichols misfired on that. Now, of course, the genuine last take on the season and last night's game will be delivered during tonight's coaches show at 7 o'clock here on 680 CJOB. But here's Mike O'Shea with a message for the fans on behalf of his team. Your final thoughts on the season. I know it's a deep disappointment right now. Can you take anything away from this? Um... Well, I like our guys. I like their compete level today. Um, I like their their understanding of, of the team concept and what we're trying to do. And I think to a man, they'd probably like to thank their fans and express disappointment and wish that they would have done better for them too. You hear a lot more from Mike O'Shea tonight, as I mentioned. 7 till 8 here on 680 CJOB as part of the 680 CJOB Sports Show with Christian O'Mell. In studio will be Bob Irving and where I'm sitting and Mike O'Shea will be sitting right in the hot seat. It's a little warm right now. Yeah. Loren McNabb, where you're sitting. In, this is your, normally your seat. You're, yes. in, you're in Brett's. Mm-hmm. I'm in yours. But I didn't know O'Shea sat right here. Yes. We'll wow. sit right there while he takes your calls tonight. Mm. We're getting lots of text messages. Obviously, some disappointment from Blue Bomber fans. One fan suggesting that the it's time to get, move on from Mike O'Shea. That same fan also wants... Uh, Jeff Braun traded for me, so we'll move on from that one. Disappointed in our coaching staff as well. Our quarterback, no one showed any emotion whatsoever on the field yesterday. I don't know if I noticed that lack of emotion. Did you notice that, No, Lauren? and I... And and, but I, you oh, kind of referenced it. I, well, definitely by the end, was didn't I, I kept waiting for this sort of rallying cry, and I know that that doesn't happen in football, but someone just sort of put their hands up and, and give the signal, like, we're not done yet, you know, and... and rally the troops, so to speak, and I didn't feel like I got that, but I don't really think that necessarily happens. It's more of a fan thing. And then at the end of the game, I also think it's kind of quite normal to just try to keep that face stoic and get the heck off the field, right? I mean, they're feeling it. It's not like they're not disappointed. What do we want them to cry? Like, I don't I don't know. Maybe, yes, but then, you know, when that happens, someone's like, oh, gosh, now I'm sitting <laughs> on the side of the field crying. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I I definitely didn't feel like the passion was there at the end. Like they, it almost felt like too early when we came out of the half. I, I felt like they had it already was decided. Like it felt like oh no, like our heads not in this or our hearts not in this. Blue or, bomber defense got that turnover. Right. Michael Shea referenced that. Brandon Alexander the big play and Taylor Loeffler gets the ball and then the bombers went two and out. Couldn't do anything with that turnover and then on the next series. Calgary has to give up a safety touch. The Blue Bomber defense really tough and strong down around the Calgary goal line. I don't know. I just, I was very impressed with the Blue Bomber defense. Say well, all you want they, uh, about they giving them, up three touchdowns, right. but. No, no, they gave them all the chance in the world, right, to then come back out in the field and have that offense do something. And just just a couple yards at a time, it just felt really. So how do you package this? Uh, how do you how do you package this? How do you set it aside? What do you do? Do you move on from a team after a loss like this? When you've been a, t- a fan of a team for a long time, 
How do you continue, even though the team's not winning championships? We'll bring in Jeff Braun. We'll bring in Kelly Moore, Jeff Forche on the other side of the glass here, and we'll have that conversation having coffee, and we'll invite your comments as well. Are you are you going to stick with the blue and gold in spite of yesterday's loss? The the streak continues. The Grey Cup-less streak continues, unfortunately, for at least one more year. 6.46 on this Monday morning. Thanks for spending some time with us. I'm Greg Mackling. She's Loren McNabb. Brett McGarry off for the next few days. Hope you're, uh, well, I hope you make it through the day okay. Maybe wear blue and gold. It'll make you feel better. I almost put mine back on this morning. Good for you, Loren. Yeah. I think Loren's going to give her pin on the air one of these days. That's, That's what it. I think is going to happen. I feel like how many months has it been now? We're coming up. It'll be three months tomorrow. Yeah, the There's red a light. big red light on every microphone. Not on mine. It's sometimes not on mine. It's because not it's always this. all about you, McNabb. Well, it, it's supposed to be co-host, which means it's co-on. Turn it on. Yeah, turn it on next time, even though you're I, not supposed to speak. Well, not supposed to speak. It's I'm a talk Greg. Show. She's Loren. Jeff Braun's here, Kelly Moore's here, Jeff Forche, who works every single Blue Bomber game. He's got a front row seat to the greatest play-by-play announcer in Canadian sports history, Bob Irving. Jeff, I'm going to start with you today. I know you're working, but how do you how do you deal with the Bombers losing yesterday? Do you get emotionally invested while you're listening to the games and doing what you do? Yes, especially like because I have to cut up the clips for after the game, and you know, it's trying to find those good bomber clips that you want to get, and you can't find them. So it gets really frustrating. <laughs> and only that too, they've never won a Grey Cup since I've been alive. Now that hurts. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's painful. Yeah, fair enough. There are a lot of people feeling that and for way. For the record, he's not today. ten. Just yeah, in he's case, not you know. ten. He's old <laughs> enough to have a job. Uh, Jeff Braun, I, you know, you work on the CFL broadcasts as well, mm-hmm. and but I mean, you wear a you you have some superstitions that pertains to uh, the Blue Bombers on game weeks and game days yeah, and things, things that you do. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't call you a diehard, but you care about this team I do. big time. And my friend was over, and we, we get together and watch the big games all the time. And boy, we it was it was a it was good to scream at the TV for three hours. That always that's just healthy for you, I think. But we we're both pretty we rarely as bummed as we were yesterday after at the end of a blue bomber season. <laughs> Real buzz like, kill. This eh? year like, really felt like they could do it. You know what I mean? Like uh, other years, you sort of like, well, you're not surprised that they don't win the big game necessarily. But yesterday really was. Kelly, I know. We, I know you're in an awkward situation in terms of the job that you do, but you're a Blue Bomber fan. Well, you have to be analytical about it, though. You have to put your emotions aside in a situation like that. But I feel more, other than the frustration that Bomber Nation is feeling, and I get that, for me it's more disappointment for some people who we work with behind the scenes. Uh, and also, you know, for the players, they are a really good group. But at the end of the day, I tip my hat to a team that played better, and that's what sports is all about. One team plays better than the other. And, um, you know, if it had been bad luck or, you know, if there had been a bad call or something like that, then I think there'd be the frustration. But in this particular instance, Calgary outplayed the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They were the better team. And That's so, almost worse for me, though. Like, like when you get a bad call or a ref, you know, you, you can you can say like, no, oh, if the refs. Because then been, somebody other than you cheated you out of that. That's win. right. But when your team, though, when you when they just could have done better, 
then yeah, that hurts more than <laughs> like I love having the argument of being like you know what if we just had that call then we probably would have won that game but that darn yeah. ref and then you can be mad at the ref now you're just sad you're well, like oh that goes back to the 2000 Grey Cup we were talking about that off air you were living in Toronto and you look back and you go like of all the games that's the one that hurts me the most most because it's against Saskatchewan 2007 yeah 2007 Grey Cup against Saskatchewan but McNabb goes yeah but we didn't have Kevin Glenn and Dinwiddie was that quarterback I go yeah so right, right. there are so different had, ways to reconcile right. losses even going into that game I was like if we because I was I bought tickets for that so I thought if we win this this will be great, but we probably shouldn't win this with the backup right. quarterback. So you have that excuse. 2001. Um, oh, that's I, the that one. one that, me yeah, too. That one yeah. still breaks my heart. That, that's yeah. the one that has to hurt the most when in you, the last When you are years. as good as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were in 2001, you're playing a, a, a substandard Calgary team that was 8-10 and 10 during the regular season with Marcus Crandall. At quarterback. Oh, that's good. We're going to just dig up all those <laughs> emotions on this day today. But yeah. Kelly, I think you're right. Overall, uh, the the better team won yesterday. And uh, hats off to the Blue Bomber yeah. defense. Hats off to. Uh, and it was a, it was a good year. I, right now, it's too raw. But it is. It's very you, raw. Yeah. When all things have settled, you know what? It was a it was a really good year. There was a lot of great things to cheer for. So enjoy that. Uh, while trying to overcome the disappointment of having to watch Calgary and somebody else in the Grey Cup again. A team that's been around for five seasons. I can rationalize, though. I can get behind Calgary now only because they, too, have known. You can? Well, yeah. After what Dave Dickinson said yesterday. What did Dave Dickinson say? Well, he was uh, questioning the referees as to whether or not Mike O'Shea was getting all the penalty flags at that point in time and getting all the calls because he's an (laughs) effing Canadian. Oh, Oh, well. There's yeah. a little frustration on Dave Dickinson. Well, that's, that's what I'm go. saying. He was saying the stage early on because it looked like the, everything was going the bomber's way. And I thought in his head, he's thinking, I'm going to stand up afterwards and scream about these terrible calls because <laughs> that'll be their built in an excuse. I, I can get by in Calgary, though, because my, my point being from a fan, they've known some disappointment in the last few years having tried and failed. So I feel sorry for that <laughs> team. <laughs> no, go, I, Red go Red Blacks. Whatever trained, a Red Black is. Uh, One of my there, sons yeah. said, what's with the saw around the R? How, how does that associate with Red Blacks? Lumberjack, Lumberjack stuff. stuff. Yeah, Lumberjacks. Yeah. I, I, I told him that, but it, you know, it didn't make any sense to I him. I hope they can bring their little saw game to the Grey Cup this year. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't bring it to yeah. Winnipeg back yeah. in uh, Why was 16? that again? They just weren't allowed? Or I couldn't, couldn't get, get their stuff on the plane, or they didn't have any money to bring those guys out. No, I don't no, know. no, they weren't allowed. They weren't allowed. Yeah. It's disappointing because I feel like uh, this was a special team. We were just a couple plays away. They played just a bit better than us tonight, and... And uh, you know, I wanted one more opportunity to play with this group of guys. Yeah, fair to say that you could never really get the kind of rhythm established on offense that you like to get. Yeah, we we just never really did. I mean, honestly, credit to them because uh, you know I, I just feel like they're such a sound defense and and uh, they made it tough on us in all phases. I mean, they stopped us on some second and shorts. You know, we uh, you know they. They do a good job covering guys down. I mean, a couple of shots we tried to get on them. Um, you know, they were in good position, and man, it's credit to them. They're they're a good team, and and, and uh, you know, really good defense. So, uh, I mean, it was it's unfortunate. Uh, we just we need to find a way to make a couple plays. That's quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Matt Nichols. His post game reactions right here on 680 CJB last night.
following the Blue Bombers' loss to Saskatchewan, or Saskatchewan <laughs> to the Calgary Stampeders as the Stampeders head to Edmonton for their third consecutive Grey Cup appearance against now this year the Ottawa Red Blacks. Joining us now, the voice of the Blue Bombers, Bob Irving. And you can hear the disappointment in, in Matt Nichols' voice, of course, Bob. Matt Nichols been through the ringer this season, fair to say. Well, yeah, it's been a challenging season for him with the early injury. Then he came back and played pretty well, and then he didn't play so well for a game or two, and then he played well again, and, uh, boy, he had a tough time yesterday. And not just him. It was the entire offense. Say he referenced those two uh, second-and-short situations where they got, you know, they got stuffed, and if your offensive line can't uh, make those work for you, that's a problem. Um, you know, Calgary is still the best team, I know people in Winnipeg don't like to hear that, but uh, as that game rolled along in the fourth quarter, uh, I'm thinking sooner or later, Bowley by Mitchell's going to put a drive together, and he did, as well as the Bomber defense played. And I just, you had the feeling that sooner or later, the Bombers were not going to put a drive together, and they didn't. And the result was a, was a Calgary victory. You know, I was when I was watching the game, Bob. It felt like when they came out after the second half that something had shifted uh, at, at halftime. Sorry, and I, I'm not sure if something got said in the locker room to Calgary, but they they were a whole different team and a whole much better team. And we just didn't seem to have the same. I, I don't know if it was passion or feeling on the field. That's my that's that's how I felt as a fan watching it. That something was just not clicking for them. Well, they were down 14-6 at the half. Their second quarter, Loren, was brutal. I mean, they just, uh, Calgary took over the game in the second quarter, but the Bombers were still only down by eight at the half, and then they kept Calgary off the score sheet in the third quarter and managed five points themselves. And so, you know, it's a three-point game with five minutes left, and, and when you're playing at McMahon Stadium at any point in the last decade, if you're in that situation, you know, you've done yourself proud in a lot of ways but they just couldn't get the one thing to to make the difference. And that's the way it works for teams that play here. The last, I think it's the last 71 games that have been played at McMahon, Stampeders have won 60 of them. And they, they, that's because they're really good. And they are really, really good at home. And, you know, one of the plays that I'll, I'll never forget is that pass from Strebler to Andrew Harris at the end of the third quarter. I mean, Harris is wide open. He's going to go score a touchdown, but uh, he, he's overthrown by a yard or two. And, Again, there's probably three or four plays just like that that would have made the difference. But when you play Calgary, it seems like they always make them and you don't. Matt Nichols will be a lightning rod, of course, throughout the offseason as to whether or not the the Bombers should be, uh, A, making sure they re-sign Chris Trevler, becomes a free agent. And there are a plethora of quarterbacks who will be available this offseason, Bob. I don't need to tell you that, but you know what? The other person who is going to come under judgment, rightfully or wrongfully, is the head coach, Mike O'Shea. Doug Brown asked Mike O'Shea about his frustration of his offense's inability to take advantage of a stellar defensive performance. Here's a, here's a little bit of that. And what will go down is a pretty outstanding performance by your defense. How disappointing is it to not score a touchdown in uh, the most important game of the year offensively? Uh, once again, Doug, I'm... I'm disappointed for our guys, for the the men that are in that room that have made sure that they made this a team that was fun to be around every single day. I'm disappointed that they're not moving on to the next game. Um, But I'm not, you know, I haven't been disappointed in our offense all season long, and I'm not about to start that now. 
Is that sort of par for the course, uh, a coach to take that approach following a game like that, Bob? Well, that's Mike O'Shea. He's not going to criticize individuals or individual parts of the team. He never has in five years. He's just not going to do it. People seem surprised when he gives an answer like that, but that's just the way he functions. He's not going to single people out. You talk about the quarterback situation. Nichols and Strevel are both under contract for next year. Uh, Mike Riley's going to get some huge money from somebody. But the Bombers, I think the Bombers have to stay the course. And, you know, they're close, right? The Washington Capitals for years couldn't break through, and finally they won the Stanley Cup. I think you got to stay the course here. You've had three winning seasons in a row. You got closer this year than ever. Hang in there. Stay the course. And maybe next year the ship comes in. That's the way I see it. All right. Tonight, 7 till 8. Bob, you will be in Edmonton. The head coach, Mike O'Shea, will be in studio, and you will take fans' calls one last time on the Coaches Show here on 680 CJOB. Bob, thanks for an incredible season, and we look forward to hearing from you throughout the week up in Edmonton from Grey Cup. Okay, Greg and Lorraine and Brett, thanks. To start this half hour, disturbing weekend of crime in two communities just north of Winnipeg, we just spoke to RCMP about what happened near Gimli, Manitoba, and... Um, now we're going to talk about something that happened closer to the city in Selkirk. Yeah, the Gimli incident was a woman found with gunshot wounds inside one a car just west of Gimli in the community of Fraserwood. They've made an arrest there, and we just heard in the news uh, from RCMP saying that it wasn't gang-related, it wasn't domestic-related, that someone brought a gun to this gathering, but it also wasn't an accidental discharge, that it was alleged intentional use. And so there's lots more to, to learn about that. There's several witnesses they're talking to there. And then, of course, in Selkirk, Greg, you mentioned uh, another homicide under investigation. What happened in this most recent one is that RCMP said they were called to a house on reports a man was having a heart attack. But when they got there, they found that that man had actually... Uh, suffered from some, some, some sort of trauma wounds. No, no further details on what they were, but clearly not a heart attack. And they're now treating it as a homicide and searching for a suspect. And it's actually the second homicide in Selkirk in less than a week. Larry Johansson is the mayor of that community and joins us now with more this morning. Good morning, Larry. Yeah, good morning, Lauren. Nice to hear your voice. Well, thank you. You know, we were talking this morning, Greg and I, about when we saw this uh, news release come out, we we thought maybe it was just an update on the previous homicide that involved a man being uh, actually shot on November 10th. But it turns out this is a whole separate incident. And so this yeah. is, it's, uh, what are people feeling there this morning? Well, well, it definitely is disturbing. Um, if I'm going to have two homicides in my political career, I hope I've got them both out of the way now. And uh and there's done with, but uh, they're unrelated incidents. Uh, the RCMP acted very quick uh, on the first one, and an arrest has been made. Uh, thank goodness for that. Uh, the second one, as you reported, uh, at first they, they presumed that it was a cardiac arrest, but uh, apparently there's foul play suspected. So I don't have too many details on the second one yet, but... Um, uh, my condolences and, uh, you know, thoughts are with the families uh, that are involved in this, and uh, it's uncharacteristic uh, in the city of Selkirk. I know we've had conversations with the mayor of Winnipeg in the past, Larry, about concerns about crime overall. Is your city in that same situation? Do you have an increasing crime issue in an overall sense? Well, I think everybody has seen an uptick on it, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter if you're a, a rural municipality, a, a town, a small city like ours, or a big city like Winnipeg. Um, with with the problems with drugs, uh, I, I feel that there is an uptick on it. 
In Selkirk, um, I feel that we're doing uh, the best we can here to, to keep the city safe. I know I ran on uh, two top items were uh, safety for the citizens and affordable housing. And uh, working with the RCMP, I feel they're doing a great job uh, at keeping the, uh, uh, you know, keeping the community safe. We have a strong inspector who's tough on crime. Uh, we've done our part uh, as council and administration uh, when there is, uh, uh, you know, fairs, rodeos, uh, those kind of events. And uh, we get requests from downtown hotels to stay open later. We deny those requests. Um, the RCMP on the weekends, they keep an eye on the hotels during the Friday and Saturday nights, the busy nights, to, uh, to make sure everybody gets home safe. We've got the Bear Clan here, which I very much appreciate, volunteer uh, Bear Clan, which do a, a good job of patrolling the streets. We've got citizens on patrol. Uh, and also as council and administration, we're revitalizing our downtown area, our historic downtown area, Manitoba Avenue, as you know, between uh, Maine and Eveline and Main Street. We're, we're revitalizing it. We have an RFP out right now for a design plan. We're going to be starting on the rebuild in uh, 019. And what we're trying to do is, uh, is, is to focus on safety aspect of downtown. We've got a beautiful waterfront here with concerts all summer long. Uh, we want people to feel safe downtown. We want people to stay downtown after a concert. So, you know, we're looking at uh, lighting up what could be problematic areas and, uh, and in general, just trying to keep people safe. You know, you're not far from Winnipeg, so the odds are that some of the issues in Winnipeg might extend to any communities around the city, right, in terms of when it comes to crime or when it comes to property crime oh, issues wow. or, or drugs. But I'm wondering, when you, when you talk about all these initiatives to keep that, the city safe or make it more safe, it's proactive in some ways, but there's, are you reacting at all um, to a meth crisis in your own city? Are you seeing that? Well, what we're doing is, of course, we're keeping the RCMP are, uh, you know, fully staffed. Um, we've got, we've hired a protective uh, director of protective services uh, for security reasons. Uh, you know, he deals with the fire department. He deals with bylaw, which we also have two full-time employees. Um, we've got strong volunteers for security events to keep a lid on that. Um, we're just trying to do everything we can uh, to, to make the community safe, keep the community safe. Uh, as you know, I was at Canada Safeway for 43 years, and, you know, I, I probably walked every day of uh, my career. I was fortunate to be in soccer for the whole career, and, uh, you know, a lot of times I'd close up the store and, and walk home at night at 11, 11.30, and, and I felt safe. And, uh, you know, I've talked to citizens. Uh, they're concerned about safety, uh, and we are going to work on it. Uh, we always have worked on it, and we'll continue to work on it to keep Selkirk safe. Larry Johansson, we always appreciate the access and uh, the discussion, uh, whether it's celebration of what's happening in Selkirk or, uh, in this case, uh, some 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 crime that is obviously unwanted. We appreciate you outlining what you're doing to keep your citizens safe. Oh, my pleasure, Greg. Always a pleasure to talk to you and Loren. Appreciate Have it very day. much. You too. Larry Johansson, Mayor of Selkirk. Always concerning in what? any size community when you have something like this happen. Well, as he said, he hoped to never have two homicides in an entire term as mayor, and now he's had two in less than a week. So we have lots of questions about what's going on there and also in Gimli, and we'll continue to address that this morning. The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.